0: We present the News Quiz with your host, Sandy Toxby. Hello
1: and welcome to the News Quiz. We start with a cutting from the Sligo Times read by Neil Sleet.
0: A man who robbed a priest's house says he's found God.
1: (laughs) And our thanks to Robert Cullen for sending that in. Now let's meet the teams. Will you welcome first on my right, Rory Bremner and Andy Zaltzman. Opposite them on my left, Danielle Ward and Fred Macaulay. <laughs> Rory, who doesn't want MPs to pack their bags?
2: This will be Nick Clegg. The, Clegg. He's a Liberal leader, I have to point that out. He's actually not so much Liberal leader, he's, he's sort of Vince Cable's stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> Because they had to change the rules of the Liberal Party leadership, as you know. I think they introduced a new qualification. They introduced a physical after Charles Kennedy and Min Campbell because they basically wanted somebody who who could stand up and not shake. Um, (laughs) He he wants to reform the system. I think that the first thing, he said that they're going to actually stay there all summer until they actually get it right. They can lock them in. It's going to be a bit like Rossini, who was, I think, locked in at La Scala until he actually finished, funnily enough, until he finished the thieving magpie. (laughs) So... (laughs) So they're going to have a summer of discontent uh, at Westminster. They'll be locked in. Actually, it's a bit of a bad idea, because if he locks them in for too long, they'll actually claim it as their third home. <laughs> and, but they're, all, they're just falling over themselves now, trying to reform the Houses of Parliament. Gordon Brown said, I'm a great believer in, in, in the, the, the system in Zimbabwe, uh, <laughs> where, where, where the leader doesn't have to be elected, and you can arrest opposition MPs and, and hold them. We've done a pilot scheme with Damien Green. <laughs>
1: Idea of locking them in. Do you remember at school, if there was, they'd sometimes stop the whole school in the hall and say, you ought to stay here until somebody puts a hand up to what's happened.
3: Was that I, not just a standard hostage situation? <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe a children's thing is a good idea. Do you not think musical chairs to work out which MPs get money and which ones have
3: to I think it does show, though, that uh, maybe politician's power is going to be clipped. And uh, they're often accused of playing God. I guess when you look at the expenses, uh, Shemozle, it does prove that they do play God in the sense that they're not believed in by the vast majority of the public anymore. They haven't done anything demonstrably useful for absolutely ages. They appear to be able to live in infinite places at the same time. (laughs) And they keep employing members of their
4: own family in
3: influential positions. (laughs)
4: This has been rumbling on for weeks, but it's the first time I've heard it called an expenses shimodule. I believe <laughs> that is the technical term.
1: Can I just say the Thrill for me that we finally found a story that features the Liberal Democrats on the
5: news crisis. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Uh, This is the race between the party leaders to sound like the boldest reformer, uh, with Nick Clegg saying that MPs should be barred from taking their summer holidays until the political system is reformed. Amongst other reforms, Clegg wants to dissolve the House of Lords. (laughs) That's going to take quite a lot of (laughs) sterodent. The Lib Dem leader also wants proportional representation, while David Cameron wants to give power to the people and Gordon Brown wants to wake up and find he's the rector of a quiet Scottish parish. <laughs> Two points to Mr Bremner. Andy. Andy. Just when you'd thought you'd had enough of MPs' expenses. Uh, whose term of office won't be getting an extension at the next general election?
3: Well, quite a lot of people's mm. term of office, <laughs> including the entire Labour Party, by the looks of it. In particular, Julie Kirkbride today has followed her husband in uh, stepping down. They've become the first husband and wife team to walk the plank together <laughs> since Captain <laughs> and Mrs Pugwash got hammered on that. <laughs> <family. laughs> You, you, and went skinny you, dipping.
1: You mean um, yesterday, don't
3: you? Yesterday. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes. Or so possibly I, the day before. <laughs> day. I'm Apparently Jewish, we he. have a different calendar. Oh, fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but um, it does show, I think, what this has shown for the nation, this whole affair in the round, is that trial by media is a much more efficient form of justice than trial by jury. I mean, you're usually guaranteed a result within 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that's probably the quickest form of justice we've had in this country since we stopped dunking witches in ponds.
1: (laughs) It was an extraordinary story, because she paid her sister as part-time secretary, even though she lived 125 miles away. Well, she lived 125 miles away when she started the job. I think by the time they'd had an extension put on the house, they were practically neighbours, but... uh... (laughs)
6: sexy pictures i love the ones with her posing by the hayrick yeah with a grimace in every photo i've seen sexier pictures of furniture to be <laughs>
1: honest. do you think it was because we couldn't actually see that there were constituents nearby threatening her with pitchforks and flaming torches <laughs> do you think
6: there was a well i, 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 like, I can empathize though because i had to have some photos done for the edinburgh festival obviously and the guy take because I, I don't like having my picture taken and he was going to me why don't you look at me as if you want to make love to me <laughs> And I genuinely said, I don't know what that face is. <laughs> Can you do quizzical or contempt? The very first time I applied
1: for a, a show business job it was an advert in the back of the stage, and it said, could you send in a photo? And I thought they meant just to identify you, so I went to Victoria Station. And, um, <laughs> and I've always been too short for that stool, even at the highest setting. <laughs> So they got a picture at the top of my head, and everybody else had sent in all these kind of you know eight by tens with sort of glossy uh, makeup. And I got the job, I think, because they laughed so much.
2: <laughs> Don't you think they should make the punishment fit the crime? Actually, there should be a form of, of MP's wife swap. That he he would get Hazel Blears.
1: <laughs>
2: That's <laughs> and not she kind would get... to anybody. <laughs> meant to be kind. She would get Douglas Hogg and they'd be out of both houses in about an hour, I should think.
3: (laughs) Didn't they try out with John Major and uh, Edwina Curry?
2: (laughs) I fear they did. (laughs) How unfortunate that you remembered.
6: Wasn't she saying that her um, brother worked as her childminder and she used to drop her son off on junctions on the motorway? Now, I don't have children, but I don't think that's right. (laughs)
1: Did you see uh, Sir John Butterfield, who I liked very much, the MP for Bournemouth West, claimed £17,000 to add servants' quarters to his...
2: <laughs> he said he was going to get somebody to hand the money back for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Conservative MP Julie Kirkbride has decided to stand down at the next election after claiming £50,000 on expenses to build an extension on her constituency flat for her brother. I wouldn't mind, but she doesn't actually have a brother. <laughs> She bought one on expenses. (laughs) She claims he also lives there to help look after her eight-year-old son, Angus. She has a son. I love John Lewis. You can get anything. Um... So, two points to Andy there. Danielle, have a listen to this.
6: This is Five Live. There's been widespread condemnation of North Yorkshire's decision to carry out an underground nuclear test. The UN Secretary-General, Ban Ki-moon, says he's deeply worried. (laughs)
4: It's not a mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that would be why most of us listen to Radio 4. That, um, <laughs> that was Radio 5 making a very slight geographical error. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> you how the people in Lancashire felt. Um,
2: they get da- the first test. They call it the first test, wouldn't they? <laughs> Jeffrey Boyd would say, No, that's bad technique, is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danielle, do you know what the geographical error was?
6: Yes, unless they've started using the underground facility in Whitby. Um, I believe uh, North Korea, have, uh, they launched a, an underground nuclear test earlier on this week, much to the horror of uh, South Korea. Have you noticed that
1: there's only a North and South Korea? Nobody mentions East and West. It must be a very thin country.
2: That's the whole point, the North, they want to invade the South and make a career of it.
3: You've got to worry about the whole situation careering out of control, though. Oh,
5: that will do. Oh,
1: dog-eat-dog today. (laughs) (laughs) Careful, boys. You'll both lose points. That's all I'm saying
6: close to my heart, because my, uh, my, and this is genuinely true, my first job after leaving university was as the economic researcher to the South Korean embassy. No! Absolutely true. Ask me how much I you know about economic policy.
1: Uh, how much do you know about economic policy? Very little, yeah. considering that
6: was my job. Like, it was honestly the worst job I've ever had. And I've written for The Weakest Link, so, you get? How did you get such a job? I, uh, no, I just applied for it on Did a you whim. send a little picture of yourself from a photo booth? and? <laughs>
1: Where did you find this job, We're sort of flicking through exchange and
6: march?
2: So where was, where you... Do you know in The Guardian? Of <laughs> <laughs>
6: course oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> What is it with the North Koreans? I, I think they're just, they're just jealous, I think, because they're, they're never invited to anything. They're not invited to the G20, they're not in Eurovision, they're not in, <laughs> Ch- they're not in the Champions League. I mean, they've got an army like that, the march is like that. There's only two things you can do with an army like that, and that's either invade another country or tour Riverdance. <laughs>
1: a simpler thing maybe they're not gearing up for war maybe they've got a really bad mould problem <laughs> <laughs> who of us has not been tempted with a little
6: but apparently they're trying to get America's attention aren't they to go like look at us have they not heard of Twitter <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it Paul Daniels is on there
1: <laughs> I feel making a case really
2: I think it's a bit of a giveaway when your capital sounds like a massive catapult, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Pyongyang!
1: Actually, this has nothing to do with anything, but um, it reminds me... It reminds me when the Queen Mother died, and I woke up, as I always do, to the Today programme, and I was listening, and they used that word for the dais that her coffin was laid out in in Westminster, catafalque, and honestly, I wasn't awake. Um, they said catapult and I thought, what a marvellous way to get her from Westminster to Windsor and avoid the traffic two points to Danielle after being universally condemned for testing a nuclear warhead in an underground explosion on Monday North Korea has now declared that it is no longer bound by the 40 year old truce with South Korea Gordon Brown called it erroneous, misguided and a danger to the world call it what you like Gordon we still want a general election (laughs) And at the end of round one, I can tell you that Rory and Andy have got four points, but so too have Danielle and Fred. (laughs) We start round two with a headline from the Whitstable Times.
0: Why I sold sex pills in car park. A granddad caught selling fake Viagra sex pills in Whitstable has defended his actions and said, I'm not a hardened criminal. (laughs)
1: Thanks to Sheila Graver for sending us that. Andy, who's religiously following a scientific trial? The Church of
3: Scientology in France is on trial on charges of organised fraud, and this is very dangerous for religions around the world, because if all religions are no longer free to hook people in with promises they can't guarantee to fulfil there's going to be a lot of empty churches around the world. Also, quite a lot of dead people banging on church doors saying, I've been dead for 85 years and still no afterlife. I want my money back. <laughs> so, so this is, this is uh, Scientology uh, on trial. It's been uh, uh, facing charges of being uh, a money-making cult, which I believe is what Fred Goodwin was also accused of being. Um, <laughs> near, near enough. Um, Does
1: that that lead to the question, what does the Scientologist wear under his cult? (laughs) (laughs) That's one for you there, Fred. I was just putting that in as a little... A
4: true Scot will never tell you. You know that?
1: No, I I do not.
4: He'll show you at the drop of a hat.
1: (laughs) 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 Had a look at it, because I didn't know that much about it. The word Scientology has an interesting root. Ology, uh, which usually refers uh, to a science, and scion, which also means uh, science... And then I couldn't work the rest of it out. I think they've borrowed the tea from bullshit. I don't know where they. <laughs> it's my second favourite church. My favourite is Charlotte. <laughs> Anybody who can sing Ave Maria after downing sixteen pints of Bacardi Breezer is okay. <laughs> it's, ba- it's actually
2: it's, it is a religion. It's, it's based on the original bank accounts of L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> that, that was the origin. They've uh, been accused of organised fraud, haven't they? As opposed to the MP's expenses, which is just disorganised fraud. <laughs>
1: Well, they sound accused of preying on the vulnerable and the confused. Surely that means it is a proper religion (laughs) now. See, now, we're going to get into trouble because we're always said, oh, you'll make a joke about our religion, but you'll never make jokes about Scientologists. Okay, so I've got one here. There are two level three thetans in a bath. And one of them says, where's the soap? And the other one says, give me £2,000 and I'll tell you. (laughs) So that just stopped people writing in and (laughs) saying... The French Church of Scientology is being tried on charges of organised fraud for persuading two women to part with their life savings, leaving them destitute. If the Church is found guilty by the courts, Scientology may be banned in France, which will unleash the wrath of Xenu, dictator of the Galactic Confederacy, and his Thetan hordes who will paralyse us and then throw us all into volcanoes, and then who will be laughing? Well, still us, I think. <laughs> two points to Andy. Fred, have a listen to this.
0: Don't know much about history Don't know much biology But I do know that I
5: love you And I know that if you love me too What a wonderful world this would be
1: Fred, who is doomed never to try history, let alone repeat it? The youth. The youth. Only a third
4: of the pupils who could take history at GCSE level are actually doing it. So there's a bit of party politicking going on in this because uh, it's the Conservatives that have produced this paper saying that fewer pupils are sitting history now. They're blaming it on the fact that the Labour government brought in league tables, and I just thought that'd be great, league tables for history. And now the history results. (laughs) Allied forces two, (laughs) Germany nil. (laughs) North Korea versus South Korea, match postponed. <laughs> Pools panel, away win. <laughs> Can I ask the panel, how many monarchs have there been in the United Kingdom since William the Conqueror? <laughs> Do any uh, of you know? No. Well, it's 40. Did you know that Her Majesty the Queen became the oldest monarch to have a Golden Jubilee? Bear with me okay. on this. Bear with me on this. Do you know who the youngest one was? The youngest
1: one to have a golden jubilee? Yes. Uh, Queen Victoria?
4: No, it was James VI of Scotland, James I of the United Kingdom. And now, you're probably thinking to yourself, how on earth does Fred Macaulay know all of this? Mm. It was three facts that were on the Paddington Express facts about the United Kingdom <laughs> as I was coming into town this afternoon. <laughs> and, you know... It never really struck me before as a Scot, you know, about this. James I, oh, or the sixth of Scotland, is just like, oh, you've only had one James. <laughs> We've had five, you know. They were all jobbies.
3: Surely this is an argument in favour of not teaching history in schools, and if the train companies are just going to step into the breach. Yeah, yeah, you get, get the kids in,
2: in the, the th- trains. because <laughs> this, this generation will go down in. Well, we won't go down in history. It'll. it'll... <laughs> and in geography.
1: <laughs> but it is it interesting... It is terrible, micro- Rory. I mean, there are, honestly, children now who think Churchill's greatest victory was lowering the cost of car insurance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, actually, the Conservative spokesman, it was a bit of an own goal, cos he came out and he complained, he said that less than one pupil in three is doing history, but surely he means fewer. Yes, <laughs> that's a very... But you can do a GCSE in trampolining.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely no.
2: true. Yeah, a friend of mine, his daughter, has just done GCSE in trampolining. So you can give up history, and you can do GCSEs in, in playground equipment. So, you're going so to it's have... all swings and roundabouts, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's absolutely true. Strongly. I think there's
3: a good argument, though, for not teaching any history at all, because history just seems to wind people up. If you look at all the trouble spots in the world, people are just angry about stuff that happened thousands of years ago. So I think history, in fact, should be banned. And no-one should be allowed to know anything that happened more than a month ago.
5: <laughs> Do you not
1: uh, think it it's important to know that Native American doesn't mean obese? Do you not think...? <laughs> <laughs> it
4: is it's one of our assets, though, history. People come and visit our country, Americans in particular, because, and I quote, one said to me, ''Some of your history is so old.'' <laughs> and I said, ''That's nothing. You should see our geography.''
1: the Americans are worse. They did a study in Texas of, of graduates. I think it was nine out of ten thought that Joan of Art was Noah's wife. Which... LAUGHTER
5: <laughs>
1: According to the Conservative Party, fewer than a third of teenagers are taking GCSE history. Last year, 31% of children left secondary school with a history GCSE, whereas 69% left with a computer or a teacher's car. <laughs> At the end of round two, the scores are Rory and Andy have got eight points, but so too have Danielle and Fred. Before we start round three, here is something of a slow news day for the Egyptian Gazette.
0: Air traffic unaffected by dust storm. The air traffic at Cairo Airport was not affected by a dust storm yesterday. (laughs) Reports, Adel Mustafa. According to officials, neither visibility levels or landing and takeoff traffic at the airport were affected.
1: And our thanks to Gus Howarth for sending us that. Rory, who's hoping their concert will be a galloping success?
2: This is, uh, I think it's going to happen at Kempton, is it? Or Sandown? Yeah. Down? it's Kempton. Yeah, Kempton That's yeah. right. They've had this fantastic idea that they're going to set a horse race to music. It's the first time it's been done. And, but they've asked the horses, they, they did a gallop poll. Yay! <laughs> <There he is. laughs> I'm so sorry. It's going to make a real difference to the commentary, don't you think?
7: Be, I just can't wait to listen on the day. And they're waiting now. Uh, welcome to Canton Park for the classical classic. They're under conductors orders. And they're off. And first to show is Overture, followed by Minuet with trio tucked in third. And next is the William Tell Overture as they pass the high ho silver ring and it's Bach's air on a string of GGs, followed by, <laughs> followed by Schumann. That's the farrier. And behind them now is ostentatious sousaphone, the back marker. Up to the water music Music, safely over the wall. One hand got a good handle on that as they race towards the interval. It's soloist now, a length clear of the orchestra, a few bars of Schubert, followed by a few sherberts in the bar. <laughs> it's Johann Strauss the elder now, followed by Johann Strauss the younger, and then it's Stockhausen and John Cage. Into the final furlong, it's Soprano Duet, Soprano Duet, neck and neck, chins and chins, but at the line, it's Ponta's the winner and a sign photograph for second and third as we hand you back to the studio.
1: <laughs> it's rare on the wireless you get a good John Cage joke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't hear that very often. They're hoping that... They're... What I would like about this is that they, they want to monitor the horses to see if they're inspired by the music. Inspired? They're only running around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to leave the track shouting, there's more to life than competition?
6: <laughs> do like, the don't... horses actually, does it make a difference to how fast they go? Like, if, you said, if the horses were racing to the theme tune from The Apprentice, yeah. would they really just lumber along? I mean, if you've well, got it's... a bit of drum and bass, do so they go much faster?
3: Surely Benny
4: Hill music is what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that if I put money on a horse, the jockey would probably have earphones in the horse and it'd be listening to step and <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I did kids. misunderstand this, because the jockey club said trainers had their horses practising to the sound of music, and I thought, oh, they're running up hills dressed as nuns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Royal Philharmonic is to perform at Kempton Park in the first horse race run to live music. The orchestra will feature 12 musicians, 11 on coconut shells. <laughs> <laughs> Two points to Rory. Andy, who will get what they want by hook and by rook?
3: Well, this sounds like a fantastic piece of science about birds. Uh, apparently, rooks can make tools with their beaks. These tools include basic hooks, uh, modified sticks for prodding, and a rudimentary cordless power drill. LAUGHTER um, <laughs> This is the kind of research that shows that if you leave a group of scientists unattended for more than a week, they're going to make up something that gets in the newspapers. They're going to find out that eating spinach in a bath can make you sound like Napoleon or something. (laughs)
1: Well, they said that um, rooks rival chimpanzees in physical tasks. That's silly. When have you ever seen a rook trying to shift a piano?
6: (laughs) They said that the rooks knew exactly what tools to use, which is better than the man who came to fix my fridge last month. (laughs) Get
3: a Polish rook, though they'll do (laughs) pop-up.
2: You know the zoologist who discovered this was—you know what his name was? No. He was—he was Mr. Bird.
1: Oh yes, that's right. I do. The research was conducted by a zoologist called Chris Bird. Do you think he'll be challenged by one called Mike Chimp? There
2: there
3: was another set of uh, tests that some Japanese scientists did a while ago that showed that um, rooks can crack nuts using moving traffic. (laughs) So. And I have to say that, you know, I've tried that. And it's just not that easy. And, you know, particularly not on the A303 in rush hour. <laughs> you know, I, I did get some quite angry
4: looks, but then again, you know, you've got to eat. Am I right in saying that they actually made a hook out of a, yeah. a, a length of wire, like a coat hanger, a wire coat hanger?
1: They fashion hooks out of wire and hang lovely curtains around their cage. So, I mean,
4: as they, as they evolve, they're going to be looking right. Well, either I can twist this round here to get some nuts out, or... Or I can break into that black BMW there.
1: <laughs> you don't think it could have just been one really clever rook and a fantastically stupid chip in the one experiment, it's just <laughs> randomly?
2: These scientists get together, and say, "Hey, bred any good rooks lately?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cambridge scientists have discovered that rooks are as adept at using tools as chimpanzees. The results of the study were published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, but were also given away free with every box of PG tips. <laughs> <laughs> Two points to Andy. Fred, who's gone to great lengths to keep track of her nearest and dearest?
4: Rachel Wilder. She has put some kind of tracking device on her 19-year-old son. He's off in his gap here, uh, travelling the world. And uh, she said she can keep an eye on him. And if he gets within 15 feet of danger in Bangkok, and I think we all know the kind of danger you can get into (laughs) as a 19-year-old boy in Bangkok, uh, she can press a buzzer and he gets electrocuted.
2: (laughs) 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 But, uh... I think, how, how does she know it's her son because any self-respecting teenager you just flog the thing on eBay and uh, it could be anybody going around the world just carrying this piece of equipment her son's probably upstairs in the bedroom on Facebook
1: <laughs> wouldn't it be great to just feed it to some sheep and she's looking at the computer going <laughs> <laughs> she has been Not hanging around that field in New Zealand for a long <laughs> An Oxfordshire mum, Rachel Wilder, has fitted her 19-year-old son, Harry, with a credit card-sized GPS tracking device so she can monitor his position during his gap year travels. She can track him to within 15 feet of his location. What is the point of that? My teenager doesn't even move 15 feet. <laughs> Before we reveal the final scores, let's hear the cuttings the teams have brought along, Mr Bremner.
2: Oh, uh, this is one from the Oxford Daily Info website under the For Sale and Wanted Children's Things category. Baby travel cot, baby bath and baby. <laughs> Good condition for £45.
6: Danielle. Uh, This is from John Oliver, and he saw this on the BBC News website recently. Uh, It said, The new Star Trek film will have its world premiere in Australia, studio bosses have announced. Leonard Nimoy, 77, who first portrayed Spock, had joined a campaign for the movie to hold its premiere in the small Canadian farming town of Vulcan, Alberta, but it proved unsuccessful, partly because the town had no cinema. (laughs) Fred.
4: It's a star thing. What do you call these things? Telescope. Horoscope. Thanks, Danielle. This is for Gemini. What if, before you can do what you want to do, you might have to do what you don't want to do? Indeed, you could even say that you want to do what you don't want to do, <laughs> as it will allow you to do what you do want to do. Look again at what you don't want to do this weekend. You don't really want not to do it, but you might as well want not to not want it. <laughs> see is Donald Rumsfeld, is Gemini, apparently. It
1: <laughs>
4: did like sound like a
3: roundabout way of saying I'm standing down on the next election.
1: <laughs> right, let's take a look at the final scores. Rory and Andy have got twelve points, but this week's winners are Danielle and Fred with thirteen. Before we leave you, here's a cutting from the D-side paper sent to us by Anna
0: Sedgwick. Carol McLeod is a popular character around the village and was delighted to help staff part customers from their cash in order to raise money for the Royal National Institute for the Dead.
1: (laughs) And with that, goodbye.
0: Taking part in the news were Rory Bremner, Andy Saltzman, Daniel Ward, and Fred McCauley. In the chair was Sandy Toxwick, and the news was read by Me Neil Seeds. The chair's script was written by Simon Littlefield, Lucy Clark, and Robert Crooks, with additional material by John Luke Roberts and Gareth Gwynn. The producer was Victoria Lloyd.